Well, this is the last of the readings from John because, of course, next Sunday is Palm Sunday. So we take on a different tone at the beginning of the service and slowly walk into the evil of the crucifixion. But without getting ahead of myself, I would like to compliment Doug for three weeks of long readings from John and doing them so well. I'm going to get in trouble later. <laughs> but the story of Lazarus today is one that we, we think we know. But upon deeper introspection on it, it changes, I, for me, it changes the way I see many things about Jesus and about God. We have to believe that Martha and Mary were women of means. Martha owned the house they lived in. Lazarus lived with them. And when Lazarus became sick and died, he was wrapped and laid into a tomb. He was not just left to be put into the ground. He had, a, it was a cave. So we can still imagine that they had some money with which to pay for the tomb and to have him buried. I also believe that they hired professional mourners. Now these were women who would stand at the graveside for several days weeping and crying. They were paid for by the family. And the more mourners one had, the more esteemed they were in the village. So we can imagine that Lazarus had quite a few mourners. But the big question is, why didn't Jesus come when, they, when he was told that Lazarus was ill? And it's one that we still ha don't have an answer to. In all of the commentaries I've looked at, they don't know. Scholars don't know. So it just has to be left as a mystery. I do believe that um, Jesus was wanting to show the power of God and that God could break the bonds of death. So then we have to ask ourselves, well, okay, when my loved one dies, why didn't God break his or her bonds of death? Why did God let that person die, the person I cared about? And the, all, the answer always is, for whatever reason, God does not always answer our prayers with yes. And it doesn't make it any easier. It makes it a lot harder, because why would Lazarus be raised and other people die? But this was the last sign of the seven signs in John's Gospel to prove who Jesus was. And this is the sign that turned not only people against him, but also the synagogue, the leaders of the temple. That for them was the last straw. This fooling around with dead bodies was just beyond what they could believe or even put up with. 
But I, uh, there's an also a, a story woven in the story in the story. And that is, aren't we all in a certain way afraid to die? We don't want to think about dying. We don't want to think about our loved ones dying. But they do, and we will. And there's just no getting around that. As painful as that is, death will come to us all. And the other interesting thing is how many people have a fear of being buried alive? Isn't that one of the things that we really worry about? I mean, I don't mean like it takes over our entire lives, but it's one of those moments where you're lying in bed at night and maybe you've watched a scary program on television and you think, oh my gosh, that could happen to me. We read about it in the paper. There was something just a few weeks ago about a woman who they were getting ready to take out of the hearse, and they realized that she was alive. Now that, to me, is terrifying. I hope when I'm dead, they know I'm dead. <laughs> so we have mourners, we have people that are against Jesus, we have Lazarus in the tomb, we have fear, we have all of the great characteristics of a wonderful, terrifying story. And there are people for whom fear of death is also fear of God. When I die and I go to meet God, God will punish me for all of the terrible things that I did in my life. So what kind of a person am I? And I'm afraid of God, some people think. I grew up in a tradition that being afraid of God was, was good. You always want to be afraid because you never know. And I can remember feeling that God was punishing me because in the drugstore one time I had touched some eyeshadow and it got on the sponge and the next day I came down with a flu. <laughs> so I assumed that God was punishing me for touching the eyeshadow. What a way to live. What a way to live. I see people nudging one another here. And it is not the way that God wants us to live. A woman told a story of her father, who was a harsh man when they were growing up. He had, they had, she had five brothers and sisters, and he worked hard every day to give them a good life, but there was always that little edge, the little inability to be vulnerable, to love them, to hug them, to kiss them, to care about them, she thought. And I'm sure for his part, he thought that by going to work every day and bringing home a paycheck and making sure there was food on the table, that was more than enough. What else did they need? They knew he thought they loved him. Or he loved them. But as he grew older, he began to question his faith. Not that he became faithless, but that he got, became able to see faith differently. He went to his priest 
and talked at length about faith, death, hell, and all of the things that he grew up believing were true. And he ultimately believed that when he got to heaven, God was going to stand with a long list of things that he had done wrong, would call him to account. That's no way to live. The bindings of that encased Lazarus were the very bindings and bandages that encased this man. They were the bindings of fear and injustice and poverty. And he was afraid. He couldn't see that God was waiting for him to take the bandages off. That God wanted him to release himself from everything that he carried with him. That those bandages were bondage. His daughter said that she has to believe that when her father finally died, what he heard was, Cletus, come out. So Cletus could come out of the tomb that had encased him his entire life. The fear that he carried with him, that God was an angry God, that God didn't love him, that God thought he was a bad person. That's not what God thinks about any of us. God loves us more than we could ever know. And the story of Lazarus is if we can let go of the bandages that we carry, that hide the wounds of our humanity, we too can be like Lazarus and walk not only out of the tomb, but walk into a new life, a life where he's sitting with his sisters and friends at the table, having a banquet and enjoying good food and laughing. Those are the things that God wants for us. God wants us to know that we are deeply, deeply loved. And even when we find ourselves unlovable, He's going to love us right out of those bad feelings. So this week, if you feel bound by bad thoughts about yourself, weighed down by the problems that you carry, think about Lazarus and how Jesus called him, not only out of the tomb, but called him into new life and called him into a new way of being. He extends that invitation to each and every one of us. We just have to be willing to take his hand. Amen.